0: happy 2019 everybody and welcome to the html all the things podcast episode 24 maintaining your skills i'm your host matt lawrence and i'm joined again by my co-host mike coran what have you been up to this week mike
1: yeah matt uh so it's been definitely more than a week uh, as our listeners probably have noticed i think we missed a couple couple weeks so a lot has happened um Lots of year end stuff, lots of holiday stuff, lots of Christmas stuff. You know, all all the all the fun stuff during the holiday season. So I want to just want to wish a happy new year to everyone. Uh, welcome to 2019, and hopefully this year is even better than last year was. And uh, we'll do a little you know wrap up of how last year was at the end of this show. So uh, yeah, so what I've been up to is pretty much just getting all my goals set. Um, we're we're starting a very big project with uh, one of our contracts uh it's i'm trying to balance that i'm trying to get my schedule set up uh, so that i can balance multiple projects at once plus be able to contribute to hat so i've been trying to kind of get in the rhythm of that uh still early days so i'm not sure how that's going yet but it's definitely definitely a cool like start to the year lots going on um a lot of hat discussion matt and i are having about where we want to move this and uh uh, we might be reaching out to a couple of uh, fans out there in in the upcoming weeks just to see what they're what they've been thinking about hat and uh, wh- how what they think of our future plans are. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it. What about you, Matt?
0: Yeah, so kind of same thing. Um, I mean, it was a pretty it was like it was a light work week for the last like, you know, the holiday season. But then, it you know, there was a bunch of stuff all bundles up and so the last the last week which which was an actual work week was pretty hectic and you know running around and that type of stuff a little bit of that this week just kind of finishing through uh some of that but had like a a work relaxing holiday season but a very busy holiday season as it goes with family friends and the whole bit running around but a good uh a good refresher I guess it was like I'm I came back to work refreshed and ready to take on that big backlog which was good And like, like you, like what you said, excuse me, uh, tons of stuff happening with hat, like tons of stuff that we've been discussing, tons of stuff that we have planned, finally released that first CSS grid guide. Um, as I promised, I mean, a while ago, but I mean, admittedly the holiday season hit. So that was a dumb time to actually start that. So now it's out the, the, the very basics are out now and we have a ton of stuff that's actually planned for, uh, for moving forward. So that's really exciting. And also, just kind of touching up, like I said, touching up a bunch of client stuff that kind of came up over the over the holiday here and there, finishing up a few projects and doing doing all that type of stuff, a little maintenance stuff and that type of thing um but I think we're going to dive right into this episode's this episode's uh, kind of synopsis. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a different episode because our web news isn't going to be so much a sort of hot topic as it is like sort of a year in review. So I'm just going to kind of go over the segments. I'll then I'll do an intro and then we'll kind of dive right in here. So um, basically, the segments are: segment number one, keeping things in practice; uh, segment number two, combating the loss of knowledge. And that's all we have for the uh, segments, because they're quite lengthy. And then web web news, like I said, it's going to be 2018 in 2018 in review, road ahead to 2019. And that's a pretty lengthy segment as well with some interesting numbers in there. Uh, for any of you guys that are social media managers or are managing your own social media presences. So we have all that written down in there. But, as I said, we're going to start off with the first segment, which is Mike, so I'll let you take it away there. Oh, wait, no, actually, let me introduce this episode. I forgot. This is, of course, the first year of the new year, so I'm going to mess up the order a bit. So I'm just going to introduce this episode because it's, it's the, we had, we had a little bit of trouble naming it. It's Maintaining Your Skills, um, so basically, what we're trying to get at is like, with the holiday season reaching its end, it's time to get back to work. And while the holidays were hopefully refreshing to all of us, it also means that we spent a good amount of time away from our computers. And as a result, you kind of get rusty with your craft. So this episode is you know solely focusing on how to keep that knowledge fresh. You know when or when and what knowledge to sort of let go and just forget, and coping with the times away from your desk, like. I've just learned this brand new skill and now I left. Am I going to forget it all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we kind of have some tips and tricks and other things that we've learned along the way that are all jam-packed into this episode. And now I will let Mike take over the first segment. Take it away, Mike.
1: Okay. Thanks, Matt. Uh, So we're going to go on to segment number one, keeping things in practice. So first thing is keep using the technology you deem valuable. And I mean, the main way I stay on top of my skills and it's seemingly the obvious answer is by using them. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, so this can be a little bit difficult, though. Like, as as we've talked about many times in the podcast, there's just so many technologies out there. There's so much out there that you want to learn, and you can become overwhelmed with choice. So what I do is I really I try to focus on a technology. And for, for this one, I'll be talking a lot about the Vue.js aspect of it. So I'm focusing on a technology like Vue.js. And that's really, it's a lot easier to manage in my mind when it, when I have just one of those, you know, maybe, maybe it's not just one, cause I do have other technologies and I'll bring them up as we go. Uh, but really right now, let's just think like, okay, I want to use Vue.js. What do I do to maintain and get those skills up and make sure that I keep it in practice? So as you're going on and you're choosing projects to do, maybe you're a contract developer, um, maybe you're just doing your own personal projects for your portfolio you want to choose projects that make sense for that technology that you're interested in so in my example I'm I do a lot of contract work and currently there's a, there's some new contracts coming up uh, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to Influence those contracts to use VueJS, and I'm obviously not doing it in in a way where it will like sacrifice the contract and make it worse. I'm actually using it where you know where reactive rendering will make the project easier, will make uh, the the platform and the outcome to the user better. So that that's kind of how I look at it. Always try to make sure that when you pick a technology to use, it is relevant to the industry, obviously, and it is relevant going forward as well. It's not like I know there's a lot of really nice little niche technologies, um, and if if you're one of those people that really want to get into a very specific, very high end niche technology, and you want to learn it 100% top to bottom, there is, I think, and a quote unquote niche for that kind of work, uh, but it's a, a little bit harder to find. So what 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 my suggestion is again to reiterate: uh, find that technology, find the work that associates with that, that technology, and then you're gonna either even develop those skills further, and make sure that you don't lose that knowledge going forward. So another thing I actually do uh, is I keep up to date with updates a lot. I'm one of those people that will read a lot of change logs. I'm one of those people that will, you know, go on my phone, check the Play Store and see what updates and then even read like if there is a change log, which I found I find issue with a lot where a lot of people won't post a good change log about what what's going on with their updates. I don't like that kind of stuff. I'm a fan of change logs. So when so when something updates, uh, like let's say React, like Vue.js, like Node uh, it's really interesting for me to go in and see what's updated, what features they've added and stuff like that. So even if I'm, I've, I've used react in the past, even if I'm not using react currently, the way I kind of stay on top of it, and I at least keep it relevant in my mind is when I, when they have an update, I'll go in, I'll read all their, all their updates, all their features that they've added. And I'll go through them and be like, Oh, that'd be cool. Like I could use that feature in this older project. I can use that feature in a project coming up. I can use this feature in that. And, And I'll kind of, then go into the feature and I'll go in through the API docs and be like, oh, that's interesting that 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 gets implemented that way. Maybe I could implement this way. And even if I don't uh, go through through the process of implementing it, just going through those kinds of motions and going through the documents, uh, you know, going into and learning all this all this new technology and just keeping up and staying up to date with it will give you that like kind of uh, nudge in your head to use it when it's appropriate, and to to stay on top of it, and not you know completely fall out of your head, and you'll forget. Oh, well, the React doesn't even exist anymore. Not that it's react is a tough one to forget because it's always in front of your face but there's plenty of other examples with smaller technologies maybe like postman and uh apollo and stuff like that those uh like GraphQL that's coming up right now it's important to kind of like if you're interested in that stay on top of what's happening in that industry in that technology and it'll make it a lot easier to then migrate back to it when you use it again um but really, those are, the, those are my kind of tips to keep up to date with it. They're kind of simple. I think what, what people realize uh, that people think that there's just some complicated way of keeping up to date with things, but really using them is number one uh, and just keeping up to date with them is number two. And I don't, I don't have too many other skills that I could pass on to, to maintain that knowledge uh, without actually doing it. So I'll, I think I'm going to pass it off to Matt for any comments or to move on to segment two.
0: Uh, well, yeah, one brief comment is like, I mean, like like you were saying, it may, it may sound simple, but I think that, I think that when somebody, especially if they're new to the industry, I think that like, like you have a point there where it's like, this is simple, but this is how you do it. And I think a lot of the time people will think like, oh, there's, there's a trick to this. Like there's a trick to this. There's a, there's a, you know, a, a tip and tricks video I can watch and I can quickly learn how to, you know, maintain stuff. It's like, no, this is literally... I mean, as far as I know, this is literally your brain, you know, forgetting things. This is like humans get rusty at things. They forget things. That's just kind of the way it is. And unless we, you know, medically somehow do that, which I'm definitely not getting into because I don't know anything about it, but unless we medically do something to our brain or whoever that works, you know, like, like to me, like, like you're, 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 you're hitting the nail on the head is, is your like? it sounds very simple in, in whatever, but we're trying to like, we're trying to say that there is no tip and trick. There is no special way to do this it's literally just hey you want to know this just keep up the practice if you're having trouble with it just keep up the practice you know study more if it's for a test essentially you know there is no quick way like i mean there's no there, i mean you could cram but like what are you cramming for like a single project like why would you do that when you could just slowly learn the stuff as you need them in a project right this isn't this isn't doing a school test where you have one hour and then suddenly you you know you're you're out of time so you, you know you're developing your skills just just keep it up and just whatever you find, whatever you find useful, just keep that practice up and whatever you find useless as, as you're going to learn in this second segment here, just kind of let it go. And I'll actually kind of use that as a segue here then. So for segment number two, uh, combating the loss of knowledge. So when you're away from your desk for a long time, uh, you'll become rusty at your everyday tasks and may actually completely forget new things that you learned just before leaving. Furthermore, there are often times where that certain snippets of code are maybe only used a single time per project. And therefore don't, you don't, they don't stay fresh in our minds because we rarely see them. And it's, it's really easy to stress over losing knowledge like this because we're, you know, invested time in learning how to do that type of stuff. And, you know, you learn to learn new skills via practice. And then in a few short weeks, you know, they could be completely gone from, from our memory in the worst case. So there's a variety of ways to sort of combat this, but it's, not something to stress over. And that's sort of what I was trying to get at with like the the whole brain thing. It's like, it's not something to stress over because it's a natural process. Our brain, our brains do. We slowly forget things. We slowly get rusty, but we can fix some of this type of stuff. And I'm going to get into that right now. So number one, for me, there's two, there's two main things here. So number one is recording snippets. So programmers of all kinds, whether it be web devs, game devs, uh, hobbyists, whatever, they all have some sort of snippets manager. And oftentimes this is actually in the form of a snippets managing software, but it can be as simple as keeping old projects and old files laying around in a folder somewhere. And one key component to generating snippets is that your code is mod- modularized rather, rather than be proprietary for each application, meaning that you want code... Uh, to like code to go into functions that that can be used over and over and over again. So I'll just give a brief example to sort of clarify that. So if you have an application that uses AJAX, uh, there should be an AJAX function that you pass arguments into, rather than the AJAX commands being done somewhere inside of a multi-purpose function somewhere, because that multi-purpose function would be very proprietary. So an example of that would be. Maybe you're connecting to the API using the API and then using AJAX all in one function. No, 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 no. You should be having your AJAX in this example specifically out of that function. And then the API thing, the API access and all that should be done in another function because then you can take that function and use it in a different project. Maybe you need to rename the function, but the function is still there. It's not a big, big, one big multifunction proprietary, you know, piece of garbled mess essentially in one of your apps. So anyway, so coming back back to Earth here, back to the snippets. Snippet managers are great when you code up something that you know you will use repeatedly, but rarely need to interact with. And another thing, just to clear that up, a couple examples. So example one would be you make, you make functions that access and interact with an API once, and then you focus on making the application using that data that comes from the API. You don't go back and keep looking at the function that's accessing and and you know manipulating or whatever it's doing to that API. You don't go that. You set that up, and then you just keep calling it and calling it and calling it for data, and you focus on the app after that. So you're going to forget how to specifically access that particular API. And if you're a front-end guy, example number two here, you can make a collection of CSS buttons that you use on a variety of projects. Maybe you made a nice set of a certain design type, so like a material design, fluent design, something like that, and you just, you know, you made it up, you made up your own code and your own CSS and you just use those everywhere, you're going to forget exactly what values are in your box shadows or your your exact colors or whatever. You're going to forget that type of stuff. You're probably just going to maybe change the color here and there and 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 you just keep using it in different projects and you're not going to remember all the rest of it so that's kind of where snippets would come in come in there come into play you would just have a file or something where you would have those buttons ready for you you would have the ajax function ready for you you can just copy paste it into something else and that's it now personally I mentioned those snippet managers, but personally, I don't actually use those. Uh, I use a bunch of old projects and files inside of a folder because I always, the way I think about it is like, I always think of the projects I did something in first. So it's like, if I used Ajax on Mike's website, let's say he had a website and I I used Ajax on Mike's project, Mike's website, and then I go to work on my, my website a year later, I'm going to remember like, oh, I used Ajax on Mike's website. I'm going to go check at Mike's website and I go and check the code and I grab this, grab the Ajax and whatever. So that's just sort of my process is I always remember the project first. I don't really remember like, Oh, I have to use Ajax here. I always think like, Oh, I used Ajax in Mike's project. So that's just something how I do it. So if you're one of those guys, who just has everything kind of thrown into a file. You're not alone. That's exactly what I do. Um, so that like, but like, I am going to be slowly moving into a snippet managing software to, to sort of devil's advocate that uh just because like I am getting so many files and so many projects on that now I'm starting to forget the projects so for you guys that keep it all into a file once you start forgetting what what projects you've done and what once you start forgetting what those files are for I would personally suggest you do switch to a snippet managing software. Now, I haven't done this either yet. I'm going to be exploring that, and I'll probably end up sharing my experience with you guys. Uh, but a quick Google search came up with a couple of results, and I may check out a couple of these. Again, have not checked any of these out, So, uh, but they include BoostNote, there's another one called Cacher, there's a, there's a thing called Bracket Snippets, and that's a... That's an actual plugin for brackets, which if you're using brackets, that you know that's a no brainer kind of thing. I have not used any of these. I don't know what they're for or the pricing or anything like that. I'm going to include links in the show notes if you guys want to check them out. But there's there's a there's a ton of them out there if you guys want to take a look, uh, or you can even make your own solution with something like GitHub or whatever if you want to just quickly make your own repos for stuff like that. Of course, they're just snippets here, people, so it's not like super advanced. Um, but yeah, that that's that's sort of my that's sort of my two cents on that is you can either. You, you know, you, you can either let the knowledge go or you can use the snippets. And that's exactly, it. I'm going to use that as a segue. I'm trying to get segues in this episode. I don't, I don't know if it's working out. It kind of sounds it kind of sounds really cheesy, but we'll see how it goes. It, the 29, I'm, I'm trying something new with 2019 here, people. Just let's simmer down the, the comments. I'm sure I'm going to get all these segues. Um, <laughs> the next thing is letting selective knowledge go. So, one of the things one of the things that or like like I said, you can record that knowledge and have it in the snippets, or you can let it go. And I'm just gonna kinda go through this little bit of a scenario here. So one of our programming teachers in college said that he would selectively just let knowledge leave his brain once he had learned and implemented it. So specifically he was referring to a driver that he had written for a microcontroller that we were using in his lab class he said that he only needed to learn the information for certain parts of the driver once implement the driver the way he wanted and then based on his new knowledge like based on that new knowledge that he had just gained and then he just forgot about that specific piece of information because he learned what he had he learned like whatever he got the value that he could from that piece of knowledge and then he just basically threw it away and that was because I think it was something like grab the serial number from this particular microcontroller or something like that. And so, you know, there's only one way to grab a serial number and there's only one serial number or there's only one piece of data, whatever he was grabbing. So he was happy with the solution. And then he doesn't want that to cloud his, you know, fill his brain up. So he just kind of throws that away and just sort of, you know, brushes it under the rugs. Doesn't record the snippet for it. Just kind of has it in the project he's using it on. And that's sort of it. So I kind of take that to heart because like, that's a really good piece of, that's a really good piece of advice but it can be a hard pill to swallow because it th- sometimes things take you know an especially long time to learn they take forever to learn things and you know it's still it's still a valid statement though just kind of let things go so if if you think about it if you're working at a company as a ruby on rails developer and then suddenly you know you're, you know the teams get jumbled up and you get tossed into a team that only uses jquery you're gonna forget ruby on rails pretty quick unless you're doing something to keep up that knowledge pop like more than likely on your own time you're, you're probably going to like just start filling your brain up with that jQuery stuff and you're going to more or less forget that Ruby on Rails stuff. Some stuff will obviously stick around. Some of those memories, some of those experiences will stick around. But for sure, you're going to forget. You're, you're going to forget like a bunch of that Ruby on Rails stuff. And you kind of got your value from it, right? You learned Ruby on Rails, maybe through school, maybe through a course, whatever. You got your value out of it. You got hired. You worked a bit. You got paid for that work. And then you got moved to another team. And now your skills at learning... Uh, uh, in actual language are applied to jQuery and you're letting that other knowledge, you've already extracted all that value from the actual Ruby on Rails proprietary commands and syntax and everything else. You're letting all that go. You've, you've extracted the value from it. And now you're on the jQuery in this particular example. So just something to kind of keep in mind, you know, like I, I personally try to keep everything fresh all the time. It's just, it's too, it's too crazy. It's too much. Like I, I, I'll, if I, because uh, since I'm doing CSS grid now, if I were to stop using CSS Grid tomorrow and in a month someone asked me to come back and say, hey, can you set this website up Website up in CSS Grid? Because I'm also new to it, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm literally just going to not know what, like I'm going to have to look it all up again. I'm going to have to look up that make your first CSS Grid app tutorial type thing again. So just something to keep in mind. If you're going to let knowledge go, either snippet it if it's important or let it go selectively. If you need it really badly, like Mike said, practice it, keep it fresh, and that's, that's that. I was uh, and the reason why I'm hesitating is because I was gonna do a segue into web news and I don't have one. <laughs>
1: so, That's okay. Okay. So this I'm, is too many segues. This is too web many web news. Hashtag segue 2019.
0: Web news, everybody. Woo. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah totally. But uh, I actually have a few comments there, Matt, on on what you said because there's not not only um, not only recording snippet programs and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of like inbuilt features and technologies that allow you to kind of selectively, you know, not have to memorize knowledge. Um, and, and a lot of that, I, th- I feel so, a lot of that is like the reusability of components. So Vue.js, React, they, they all are component based architectures. So when you create these components, like you create a button, and uh, if you use that button multiple times in a project, you don't know, you don't re- necessarily need to memorize how you created that initial component button. Uh, you can just reuse the component you've already created, and that's kind of like part of the whole snippets thing, right? So you can you can create these re- reusable f- um, functions, reusable uh, CSS, you know, like visual aids and stuff like that where you can just kind of copy-paste them, and there's no need to clog up your brain. Like Matt's saying, it's not we, – we only have a finite amount that we can know at a certain amount of time. Like I'm sure everyone has a different amount, but regardless, it's a finite – uh, finite numbers. So there's no point in clogging it up with stuff that a, you could easily relearn really quickly if you really needed to. And B, you can just reuse from an older project from, uh, a library of components that you create. Um, I've started actually, you know, I, I have like a, a boiler plate plate, uh, Vue.js project where I'll just dump the components that I deem reusable. And, uh, if I need to go back, I can just, you know, take that component, retrofit it into whatever project I'm using and plop it in. Um, this is this is why I'm kind of really excited about reactive frameworks like Vue. Uh, I really like the reusability of stuff like that. I really like that I don't have to memorize each and every time I create something small like like that, um, and the, the, the functionality that it provides for that. Uh, so something else uh, that helps with this kind of stuff is Webpack, where it'll uh, it's it's like a building platform for you, and uh, a big thing is is that it'll it can create projects. Uh, through some you know like like an xml or a json file i uh, which for me is a big thing because i don't have to go in and you know create the whole file structure of a project uh every single time i don't need to memorize how to do that i can just go into webpack use one of the build, one of the inbuilt templates and just that's my that's my start of the project that's my you know hello world start to the project which is a huge help uh view cli helps with that greatly like having to do a view project from scratch that knowledge to me would be kind of useless when something like view cli exists um so yeah absolutely what matt's saying be selective with the knowledge you retain uh it's a very important skill to to have to be able to know what uh what you should retain and what you shouldn't. And it really comes again with practice. Like when, once you start doing things, you realize that this, you don't need to learn how to know how to do this every single time. You can reuse it from a different project. Uh, whereas something, something else where like you're implementing an algorithm, those are important things uh, to kind of like the sort sorting algorithm. Those are important things to keep, keep your, keep, uh, keep up in and know that knowledge and kind of like, don't reuse it every single time because you can optimize it for different situations. Um, so uh, I'm going to segue off to Matt uh, for the next segment, which is web news. Uh, and he'll start that.
0: Right. Uh, so yeah. So web news, uh, like I said, it's going to be a little different. It's just, it's going to be like out kind of our year, year end review type of thing. So it's literally entitled 2018 interview road ahead to 2019. So it's just going to be sort of a big jumble of year end and year beginning stuff right now with some, I, I think interesting numbers for you guys that are, you know, managing your own social media presences. So Uh, right up front, and I'm going to mention podcast numbers now. Remember, these are podcast numbers, there's a million and one ways to actually measure podcast numbers. I'm getting these from the Podbean analytics screen, so these are I'm willing to assume these are approximate, but these are from the Podbean things because I'm assuming that some services don't report and everything else. Podcasts are everywhere, so I just want to make that disclaimer in terms of accuracy. So, 2018 podcast download numbers so these numbers are from july through december because we started in july so july we had 72 downloads then 378 then 973 1234 1683 and finally december 1569 so as you see or as you heard it will it you know it's definitely a ramp up it slowly 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 goes up And then kind of has that little dip, but that's probably because of the holiday season and it just gets kind of crazy, which brings 2018's approximate total of downloads to 5,909 downloads. And that's for the podcast. However, this does not include the Spotify streams. And I have those numbers here as well. So I'm going to go through that. So again, from July through December. So July, we have zero because it actually wasn't on Spotify at that point. So zero, then 84 streams, then 333 618 718 686 so that brings our total in 2018 to 2439 streams so you know we're well over 7000 at this point uh overall if you include the downloads and the and the streams i think our goal we didn't really have a goal when we first started just to be totally blunt when we first started we use the podcast as an anchor every week because we were really wanted to focus on guides and that type of thing and as we found like those take a really long time and they're kind of hard to get off the ground and like I mean I we're still doing it like I have my CSS grid guide but the podcast is a way for us to sort of you know talk like have a discussion about our have a discussion about our skills pass that along to other people who are just starting out or pro even pros in the space that have been around for a really long time and you know this is us this is kind of our journey in building this website so What's super interesting is that this anchor, this podcast that wasn't supposed to be a main thing ended up becoming like a staple of, of hat or HTML, all the things. And certainly blew our expectations out of the water. I don't know about you, Mike, but it, I was expecting like, I remember we were getting 23 downloads average a week. Like at the end of the week, after seven days, we put up an episode, it was like 23. And I remember when we started to climb to like 50, I was like, oh man, we're doing okay. And I think a couple episodes sunk back down to 23 And I was like, oh man, are we stuck at 23? Now it's like, it'll get around a hundred, like near a hundred the first day here and there. And then it slowly like, you know, goes up, 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 up. And this is, this is with a single, I think we had a single paid campaign. We did like a bit of marketing on Instagram and Facebook simultaneously and so we did one of those and it wasn't super, I don't think it was very much. I think it may have been $50 Canadian, something like that. I don't have the numbers on that.
1: I think it was less than that even.
0: Yeah, I can't remember um, exactly what it was, but it was a totally reasonable amount of money. So it's not like we've been like paying for views or anything like that. Um, and really our social media, I think has a lot to do with these numbers. So I'm just going to kind of go dive into the social medias now. So I don't have the 2018 specific numbers, but I do have the numbers as of Uh, January 7th, 2019. And again, these go up and down all the times. These are approximated as well. So our Instagram followers uh, were approximately 448. Our Twitter followers were approximately 60. And our Facebook page likes was approximately 57. So I want to kind of go through each of these because it's super interesting. So Instagram... Instagram is the thing we've put the most work into, and what Mike and I have been noticing, and this is actually is kind of hard to notice when it comes to client work. So what I'm what I'm getting at is when you put work into something, like generally a result will happen. When it comes to client work, it, like if you're putting work into getting clients, certainly there's like a higher chance of you getting them, but there's there's not there's not a guarantee that you're going to get a client or two, and it's hard to, especially as a small company, it's hard to sort of gauge. Whether putting work directly into something gives us mu- gives us gives us anything out. Obviously, if you don't put any work in, you're not going to get anything, regardless. But this, these numbers are an exact testament to the amount of effort we've put into anything. So Instagram, we've been putting a lot of work into Instagram, posting near daily, near daily, sometimes multiple times in a day, uh, commenting on people's stuff. You know, kind of really building a community on there. We have not purchased any followers, nothing like that. Uh, we, did, like I said, we've ran a campaign on there for the podcast like through the official Instagram boost a post thing, whatever, but like, I'm really happy with the Instagram results. Uh, I think like, I've never had really an account above a hundred really, um, that I know of or that I can remember. Cause I, I've been a part of a bunch of projects but most of the time like it just sort of peters out and we don't really get far in in social media this time we kind of really buckled down and the first few months you got to remember here we started in july and the first few months so we're talking about maybe in the beginning of of the autumn of the fall was actually the time in which we really started hammering down on instagram and on social media so instagram we kind of started hitting hard we kind of got an idea we decided that we wanted to reshare a lot of people's like designs cuz people are making some really great designs out there so we've been really we've been showing off a lot of ui designs we've been instagramming about our own content like our podcast uh, when whenever we make a guide or something it's on there we learned we learned that you know we you really should be keeping your story up to date your instagram story so we've been doing that per post so it's it's been a real interesting journey, and you know money in is, or uh time in is getting results out like all the other all our other accounts like I just mentioned are below a hundred and this is at you know approaching five hundred so it's you know it's rather impressive to me anyway and i think I think as we approach like get a higher number uh like i'm gonna say like around a thousand I think we're gonna start seeing a bit of a snowball effect or a bit of a what I'll refer to as a passive effect, whereas like we're kind of big enough that we'll we're in enough people's discovery and suggested feeds. Again, I'm new to this, so you know I am still learning that type of stuff and how that works. I know that being active, you know, helps actually like engaging with other people helps, and I mean by engaging we're getting a pretty good community of people as well, so that's that's really good. Uh, so Twitter, uh, Twitter, we literally like you know just been kind of using it as. Uh, a dumping, not a dumping ground, but like a, a place where we literally just say, hey, our podcast is out this week or "Our podcast is out today. And one of the main things with our Twitter is that we haven't really been posting, you know, too frequently and, and the same, the same sticks with it. Like I haven't been posting too frequently, especially since the holidays, but I started, I believe it was in December. I started, you know, just over two weeks in December before the holidays, I was kind of messing around with, you know, posting more, posting different things, that type of stuff. We, I think I've retweeted a few times this stuff, and I did find that I was getting picked up by some people, getting retweeted a few times. Uh, our followers did go up from, I think it was sub 40, or maybe it was in the 40s, up to 60. So just right there, a little bit more work put in, and we get more followers coming out of that. So that's super interesting. Face Facebook Facebook is sort of the same deal as Twitter, so uh, minus the fact that we I haven't put extra work into it. So Facebook, uh, we... We had our uh, promotion, like we had a boost, we had a boosted post or two on Facebook. Um, I can't remember whether we did one for the page too, but anyway, we did a couple of like the official Facebook boost ads things, uh, boost post things. And we got up to 57, we got up to 57 uh, likes on there, which is the equivalent of followers if you don't, if you're not on Facebook. So our Facebook page. And our Facebook page has been sort of the same thing. So, you know, I, I announce when a podcast comes out. I announce when we have a new guide. I announce things on there. But there's no specific content. And one of the things I think I want to do, and I don't really know how to do this quite yet, I do, I want to make, I want to have a value proposition in each of in each of our social media things. And what I mean by that is, like, I don't want to take, like, let's say I take uh, John Doe. Let's just use, like, I'm using a fake name. So let's, if I take John Doe's design, and I repost that on Instagram with his permission. I re- I repost it. And then I go and I put that same thing on Twitter. And then I take that same thing and I put it on Facebook. It's just, it's not going to like, I don't think that's going to fly because then someone's going to follow us on Facebook and then not care about the Twitter and the Instagram or someone's going to follow us on Instagram and not care about the Twitter and the Facebook. What I really want is obviously you're going to have some, or a lot of crossover where I'm posting about the. I'm posting about the podcast. I'm posting about whatever. That's all going to be across them all. But I kind of want each one to have its own unique value proposition to an extent. Again, it's a plan that I'm kind of trying to figure out. I haven't really figured out how to do that yet. So whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But I do know that Twitter is more than likely going to be our next kind of effort point. Instagram, we're going to keep it up. Like it has to be kept up. And then Twitter, I think, is the next to see if we can't bump those numbers up. Um so if we just look at our 2018 in review, I don't know what, uh, just jump in here at any at any time. Like, I think you want to jump in at the goals, um, but just jump in any time because I'm kind of blabbing on here because there's a bunch of numbers and stuff. But uh, 2018 in review, um, higher numbers than expected across the board. Like I said, the podcast was just supposed to be something that we did to force ourselves to have a piece of content come out because as we've said on on past episodes, we have trouble committing to things. And so higher numbers than expected across the board, I would say, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, definitely higher numbers. Uh, the podcast, like I said, the podcast was supposed to be a side thing. Uh, and our main thing was supposed to be templates and snippets. Like if you look at our first post or two on Instagram, it's talking about a museum template called Roma that I haven't even touched because we've been super busy and the podcast is doing really well. And I we enjoy making it, so you know, kind of a shift in direction, but you know that that's going to happen when you're starting something. Um, and then, like I said, we've learned, I learned a bunch of social media tips and tricks. Same with Mike. Uh, we focused on Instagram and then secondary on Twitter, but we, we like, we really kind of hit it out of the park here because this is a useful, useful, useful skill and a sellable skill. If we, if we're able to make a really good, you know, organic, you know, non like without, like I, I don't purchase any followers, I get them organically. Um, whether that be with the official boosting or the or just by using the app, whatever, it, like it is absolutely it is absolutely a key thing, and like an that's absolutely a sellable feature. You could go if if you're working with a client, uh, or in our case, we're working on one of their websites, and they say, "Oh, you know, we're doing a startup, we need a website, and we also need help with our social media." You know, being able to help in that area is a great revenue source for us, and it's also a great way for them to get discovered because. We'll be able to tie in, like if they have a promo that they want us to post on their website that also applies to their social media channels, you know, it's, it's, it's a no brainer, right? We'd post it on all three at the same time, stuff like that, right? Cause they all kind of tie in together nowadays. Um, and a lot of guys won't even go to people's websites anymore. They'll only go to their Facebook page or their Instagram page or their Twitter page. So it's absolutely a sellable skill. And it's something that I would really suggest if you're learning web development, an, um, you know you have your own goals that's fine but I would suggest if you're going if you're if you need any sort of influence in the industry you need any sort of reach in the industry learning social media in my opinion as a person who's starting out with it is absolutely vital Um, and that's definitely something that I will be continuing and continuing throughout my goals in 2019 as a small segue and, there, and I'll pass it on to the goals of 2019 to Mike there
1: oh my segues okay yeah <laughs> All right. So yeah, we segue right into the uh, goals of 2019. Um, yeah. And I I just wanted to mention a couple things that like, uh, that I found, especially in the social media aspect. Um, I posted a couple of like, I did a little bit of Instagram stuff on my own personal account as well to kind of try to boost up both of our accounts. Um, and and just out of the interest of learning how Instagram works and being able to communicate with developers i really i have communicated with a few developers out there um and that's been great that's definitely a huge part of why we started hat is the communication aspect so if anyone out there wants to like you know hit me hit up the dms talk to us, ask us any questions. You're definitely more than welcome to. I, I know a few of you have already reached out and that's been awesome. Those, those have been of the best experiences of the year for me. Um, and so pretty much some of the content that I found does well. Uh, and what I want to kind of continue doing is it, it seems that, um, very like high produced, high quality, uh, images uh, do really well on there. And then when you actually take time and put effort into like you're writing up the post, ask a, ask an intelligent question in there. uh, And you know, you expect people to answer in the comments and you get that kind of communication going with people in the comments that seems to boost the post up as well. Um, So I've really been putting a lot of effort into trying to get as much Communication and as much uh, you know back and forth as I can with the developer community, and that's kind of my focus with the social media aspect. Is I want to try to like you know post post consistently enough, maybe not maybe not as consistent as HTML the things posts, um, but consistently enough, and have have that aspect of developers being able to talk to each other in in that post, and that again. Another segue will lead me into the goals for twenty nineteen um so I'll start off with Instagram since we've been talking about Instagram uh right now we have uh close to five hundred followers. I think a realistic goal it might be like you know a low shot goal is two thousand followers and this is two thousand like i mean dedicated followers i I don't think we'll be doing any sort of crazy paid advertising. I don't think we're gonna be buying any followers uh unless we do some sort of tests for like transparency or something like that uh to see what works and what doesn't but for for now I don't think we're going to be doing that so I want I want us to kind of grow more organically than anything with the uh, the content as king being our main focus uh so I think 2000 followers is a realistic goal um and will make us a little bit more legitimate in in this industry um the next the next goal for 2019 will be the monetization of hats so right now we've been doing uh, I think the only monetization we have is Patreon. And thank you to the people that do support us on Patreon. That's awesome of you. But really, it's it's not like it's not a lot. And it's, you know, it's buying us coffee here and there, uh, which is also great, obviously. But it shouldn't be the only way we kind of gain uh, gain from this project. So. Uh, What we will want to do is we kind of want to diversify, see what works, see what doesn't. And of course, we'll report back on how it's going and make like make some content out of the fact out of how we're monetizing and what's working, what's not working. And we're going to adjust as we go. Like if we see that some people are giving us backlash because we put too many ads on something, then uh, we're obviously going to be listening to the community and adjusting as as we as we are creating. Um, So monetization of hat definitely a big priority for 2019, because we are putting a lot of effort into it. And we want to get something back for that effort as we go on through the year. Um, Next thing, uh, and this is a big one for me personally, and for HAT, uh, is to create a developer community through HAT. So like I said before, uh, I really enjoy the communication. I really like the fact that we can talk to each other. Um, I think a big aspect of it is that A lot of new developers, a lot of you out there that are just starting out, uh, it's kind of tough, especially if you're just doing kind of freelancing and doing it on your own. It's kind of tough putting yourself out there and going to like a meetup, uh, going to, going and meeting other developers. And it's a little bit intimidating, right? Because you think that they know more than you. uh, You don't know if you're going to be able to have a good back and forth with them. Maybe you're just, you know, you don't like the crowds. You don't like that kind of stuff. So what I want to do is I want to make hat uh, into, uh, into something that where those newer and younger developers, uh, people that are just getting into the industry, the where they can kind of meet other people in the same boat as them and they can talk to each other. They can share skills, they can help each other, uh, and they can really understand, like it'll help the industry move forward as a whole. I think if we're all communicating with each other as much as we can, uh, because like Matt and I are kind of in the situation where, yeah, we, ha- at least we have each other where we communicate and we go to meetups here and there fairly rarely. Uh, so we don't have too much outreach with the community. We don't have enough, uh, you know, back and forth with the community. Uh, and that kind of like, you know, leads to a little bit of misdirection sometimes. Uh, and that's kind of why we created had to get that reach into the community to to bring us closer, all of us closer together. And that's a big proponent of what I want to do for this year. Uh, and what I want hat to become for this year. So those are the three big things uh, for hat. Obviously, there's a lot of other smaller things that will happen throughout the year. But uh, I don't want to bore everyone with like the little smaller detail goals that, that we're going to have for ourselves. Uh, those are three big ones. So the other thing I want to do is I want to lay out my own goals as a as a developer and as a content creator for hat. So one thing is, as I've said throughout this episode, Uh, what I really want to do is I want to go all in on Vue.js. Um, I know a lot of people go in, you know, react or say people are saying that react is still the number one and I don't disagree. I don't, I'm not going to argue the fact that react is probably the better way to go if you're looking for a job right now in today's market. Um, but my, my thought process is, is, uh, I'm like, like we're, we're hat, we're, we're a content creator, content network. We create podcast. Uh, we're, we're not really in the job market. Um, I have my contracts that I do and I'll use any technology that I can for those, but I feel like Vue.js is a more future technology and is, is a better bet, uh, as at least in my eyes than React is for me. Um, so I'm going to go all into Vue.js. I want to learn the ins and outs of it. I want to create more projects in it. I want to, I want to really become kind of an expert in Vue.js and that's, that's kind of, that's where I'm putting my eggs, my eggs in. Um, the next thing I want to do is I want to get a tutorial, a YouTube tutorial series out. Uh, I've always wanted to kind of do some editing. I've always wanted to record. Uh, I've always wanted to teach. So I want to kind of combine all that into one and get something out there for like a val- a valuable thing for people to, to learn. Probably it's probably going to be a Vue.js tutorial. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, I'm, I've already started, uh, the the work required to, to start the, the tutorial series. So it shouldn't be too long before I have my first video up, but really I want the a whole series up on YouTube by the end of the year kind of thing. Um, the, and another thing uh, is something that I'm not as comfortable with as I want to be technology wise is uh, Webpack web and code splitting. Uh, so Webpack, again, like I talked about before is a, a, a way to create, uh, you know, to, to build, to build your, your web software with imports, uh, to, to kind of have dynamic, dynamic compiling. Um, it's, it's a, it's a way to kind of really control your code and automatically almost, and have that, that build functionality, uh, being able to build for production, for demo, for, uh, development and stuff like that. Uh, I really like all of its core aspects, um, it was a little bit overwhelming for me when I first looked into it. Now I'm starting to get more comfortable with it. Um, and I really want to be able to, to take full advantage of all its features. And that's including code splitting, which is kind of a cool, I, I wouldn't say new technology, but it's, it, it's becoming more and more accessible now where, uh, what it does is it allows you to only serve what is required for one piece of the content that the user is viewing. So if you have multiple drill downs in your website, multiple components in your website, and the user is viewing, let's say the sign in page, he doesn't need to load all those components of the website right away. Uh, With single page applications, it's a little bit difficult, right? Because everything's kind of is supposed to be loaded. But with code splitting involved, uh, you're, you're able to only send the bundles that are required for the user to see at that time. And that really improves user experience because it. Greatly improves loading times and just the the quickness of your UI UI UX. Um, so that's that's what I want to learn. Those are the kinds of technologies that I'll be looking into, and we'll definitely be talking about m- way more about that in the future on the podcast. So definitely stay tuned. Uh, let us know if there's anything else that we're missing that you want to learn. uh You know, t- tag me in in Instagram. Uh, I, I'm i at Mikhail Karan. Mikhail Karan will will tag it in the in the show notes. Or tag uh, HTML the things. We'll definitely respond to you there, and let us know what your goals for 2019 are. But for now, let's hear what Matt's goals are in this next segue. Uh,
0: yeah, there you go. Nice, nice use of a segue there. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, I was, I'm trying to like figure out a better way to get to make the show flow. But um, I feel like segues are going to become like the laughing stock and then make break up the flow. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Matt's goals here. Uh, my goals. So I want to master uh css grid this year i think um so you know i've been through you know just using like display block and that type of thing inline block and that. type and then i've gone through the responsive game with that then i went to flexbox and i did the responsive game with that so i think what i want to do now is i kind of want to master css grid and what i'm planning on doing with that is i want to do a project or two um like like larger projects or a bunch of smaller ones whatever kind of comes our way With CSS Grid, I kind of want to make it so that production websites can start using CSS Grid. Um, With that, of course, you know, it's not just as simple as doing it. I put out that, you know, that starter CSS Grid guide, but I have to look up compatibility, especially when you're putting it into production for clients who are using it in different environments and that type of thing. So, you know, it's going to be a bit of a journey, but I hope to master uh, CSS Grid at least to a degree where I can confidently just start and finish a website in there without without much thought, if you will. Um, basically, make it my muscle memory, if you will. So I also want to start something on YouTube, similar to Mike. Um, but I don't know what yet. So I've been doing a lot of work in, in Webflow, uh, which is like a code. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you'd call it a visual coder. They probably have a special name for it. It's called Webflow, if you haven't heard of it. Uh, they do hosting. They do CSS hosting. They do... You can export code. You can just make the whole website right there. But it's different that it's different than something like WordPress... Uh, then you know there are templates and that type of thing but this is actual coding visually so if i want something to be you know let's say three columns wide three content blocks wide i can literally go into the menu and say like display flex you know this direction this is the padding this is the margin this is whatever so like you need to know the coding terms in order to Use this software to an extent. There are some stuff that is simplified, and this is probably easier to pick up than just coding yourself. But having coding knowledge makes it super quick. So I've been using a lot of Webflow for certain clients because that—that's the platform they prefer. So I've been working with that. So I'm kind of thinking maybe a Webflow guide, which is why I mentioned it. Uh, Maybe I'll do something else. Maybe I'll do more CSS guides on there. I don't know. One of the main things I think is the issue, and it's something that's kind of hanging me up. And maybe I just need to, you know, take a day and solve this issue. Is I need to figure out a method to make the videos. So I know how to, I know how to have video edit. I've done it in high school. I've done it in, you know, I'm on a gaming YouTube channel. I'm on a couple other, I've been on a couple other YouTube channels uh, way back in the day. So I, it's, it's one of those things where I need to, like, I know I have the skill to edit, but I just don't know how to capture code specifically in a good way. And I don't have a method to do it. So I think maybe one day I need to just try three or four methods of like screen recording or, you know, doing a procedure or whatever. One of the things that Mike and I had already discussed was maybe the procedure should be that we actually have a, a storyboarding thing where we write up what we need, do a storyboard, then shoot the scenes. Cause one of the things we were going to do was just, make a project and just have the thing record the whole time but that's like that's like you know 100 hours or something of footage then you got to go through it and then it's all kind of b-roll at that point because you're just kind of working and you like leave sometimes to go to the bathroom get a drink whatever so then like the footage is just sitting there like it's kind of a mess that way so like maybe we need to specifically shoot it but then you got to remember before you start the project it's it's kind of a mess like it sounds like a super easy thing And it's not complex in that, like, oh, how do I shoot this scene? But it's just sort of like, I want a method that's not going to take me forever. Because I don't... I'm not... Like, that's not our full-time job as a video editor and a video capturer. Like, we literally need to like if i if i say i need to do this this guide today you know it's that day that's assigned to it and then tomorrow could be assigned to client work or tomorrow could be to this podcast you know i don't it's a not i don't just do it so i kind of got to make a different method so if you guys have a method for shooting coding videos coding guides coding tutorials whatever you know feel free to message us uh in some capacity on one of our social medias because like i kind of need help with this or i'm gonna have to like try to hash out a uh A procedure that will slowly whittle down to something that's usable, um, like like we do with everything else. But uh, also, uh, with that, I want to further my knowledge of social media. Like I said, I think it's a very valuable skill in 2019. Uh, These small companies, they don't have the marketing budget of some of the big boys where they can constantly be on other people's podcasts, uh, like, you know, just be on the sponsored spots. They don't have they don't have the money to be on super bowl commercials or even on tv at all there are small companies that need to have a presence and the and the main way in my experience to be seen is no longer you know putting taking something out in the newspaper although that does work for some rural communities i think the main thing is social media you know you can connect with somebody like all the way around the world if i put a, an ad in the local newspaper i'm connecting with people down the road i'm not con- i'm not connecting with people online but if i put something online generally speaking i'm i'm connecting with people all around the world and i'm also connecting with people that's right down the road too so i think it's i think it's a really valuable valuable skill even though there is some uh issue i guess some people are taking with social media especially with the amount it's being used in 20 2019 2018 like in these days but i think that it's still going to be very valuable and i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon so I'm going to try to dive into that even more. Um, also, I kind of had this other goal I, I I set myself when I kind of wrote, when I wrote the show notes for this section, I, I had this thing called my Amass 2 goal. And I wanted to be like, if I could, if I take out any monetary restriction, any sort of like effort restriction, time restriction, whatever, if I could have something like right now, if I, if I could just purchase it, you know, money's not a question. I can just buy this thing in the professional setting. What is it? And I think I've come up with that. I really want, and because we've been talking about this for years, is I really want to get a steady, passive income stream set up and running. Now, in this case, it'll probably be through uh, HTML, the things through hat. It'll probably be that, but I really want to push that. I'm not, and when I say that, I'm not trying to say that I want you guys to pay us more or I want to like add, have ads literally everywhere and they're like blocking the content and all that. Like, I don't want to do it through a scammy means, but I do want to have, you know, a website where I can rely on it, where I can go to it and say, I'm going to put in, you know, a few hours work here, maybe, you know, bang out a guide in 10 hours of writing or something. And I want to make sure that it, you know, generates something for us because, you know, it's, it's, we need that value there in order for us to make more content for you guys. And so that's something that I really want to, focus on because we've talked, Mike and I have talked about web apps. We've talked about apps making money. We've talked about monetizing, whatever. And, and maybe our coding challenge, which I, which we are going to talk about briefly in a moment, maybe our coding challenge app will do just fine. And we'll be able to monetize it. And maybe that'll be the passive income thing that I want. And, and I say passive income, but like, I'm like, obviously this is a bit hands-on, but I'm, I'm, I'm taking the, I'm taking like the hands-on stuff. Like if I, if I leave HTML, if HTML, the things is making money and I leave, for like three days, it's not just going to drop to zero, right? It's not like a per hour job is what I'm getting at. Obviously I still need to do things for it, but I do want to, we're on the internet here and that's what these, that's what a lot of our clients and stuff are doing is they are, you know, their startups are like that. That's a lot of your guys' clients. If you, if you take clients are doing too, you know, they have a startup and they're doing, they're either selling a physical service or a physical product, or they're doing an online business where they have, you know, software as a service and it's more or less, you know, with the exception of upgrading, updating that, that software, it's a passive income source. They made a piece of software. Somebody is going to not to a person, but to an e-commerce, an e-commerce, you know, engine of whatever kind they're purchasing a subscription from you and then they're using your app. And then that's it. Bang. You know, now you have that person at $9 a month or something. And I really want to learn that because I think it's, we need that, you know, we need, we need to start honing in on that type of stuff. And, um, client work is great but client work is also unsteady right i could finish a project for somebody tomorrow and then they i might never see them again i could finish a project for someone tomorrow and then they may they may really like it and gave me eight projects or maybe in the middle of doing a project this guy goes bankrupt and he can't freaking, he can't like you can't like freaking pay me at all and then i'm then we're in from trouble right so because we just do a bunch of time in there so i really want something that is for us that's actually out there that's actually making money and that's my big amass too that's kind of my goal for 2019 it's a stretch goal whether we'll get there or not i don't know but it's it's the one thing at the top of the tree if you will so i don't know that's that's my that's my two cents on my goals there i don't know if you have any more comments mike um otherwise i'm going to dive into the the notes we have on our coding challenge
1: uh yeah no i think that that kind of aligns with what uh with what my goals are. So we have, we definitely have a concise statement of goals here. Hopefully we can follow through on all of them. And I'm sure once uh, 2020 rolls around, we'll come back to this and see how far we got in each goal and see what, what else we did. Because I mean, this is a fairly short set of goals. I mean, some of them are big, some of them are smaller and hopefully we'll have even more accomplished um, at the end of the year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it
0: for, for sure. Yeah. Like this is, this is going to be the first full year, with html all the things so it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting year and we're already off to a really great start with a bunch of client work coming in so you know it's looking it's looking up right now it's also looking very busy right now so we'll i think this year i think this year might be our, our breakout year not to jinx it but i think it might be our breakout year not necessarily with hat specifically but i think that this is sort of the year where things become like super steady we may have to look for additional help. It may be a whole, it might be a whole thing. We don't know. We don't know. Like, but this is this, like just in the first, what is this? The second week, the first week. Well, I don't know. I don't even know where we are, but like we're in the beginning of January and we're already getting requests everywhere. I have a whole bunch of stuff in Asana that I have written down in Asana tasks to do. It's a whole thing. So, I mean, things are looking up for the business. So hopefully if it continues this way, this will be a bit of a breakout for us. And uh, I mean, we'll be taking you, you guys, the listener along along with us along that journey. So you guys can see kind of like, you know, a startup growing up basically is how it is. Hopefully we'll see, we'll see what happens. We don't know. Um, So I do, I do want to mention our coding challenge. We did an episode uh, a week or two ago, or probably further than that, but an episode, episode or two ago, at least where we discussed a, we discussed a coding challenge. And one of our major issues that we, that we mentioned in there is that our Google AdSense account was uh, pending like a, a, address verification I guess is what they call it. Well, we have successfully gotten that because there was a bit of a waiting period. We have successfully gotten that, applied it and it appears appears to be active now. So because we do not want to launch this app without a monetization method because that's a part of the experience. So what we've decided is we do want to uh we do want we we're moving ahead with it. We're not forgetting about it like it like we said we were afraid we were going to we are moving ahead with it um we're looking at doing it like relatively soon i don't want to say specific dates because uh, some recent client work changes has changed the schedule we had moving forward so hopefully hopefully it's going to happen rather soon Uh, but we will be keeping you guys up to date and we plan on again these are plans these are not set in stone we plan on doing a tidbit episode announcing you know, the specifics right before we do it, including the dates and all that stuff. And then we plan on doing some stuff on social media that day and stuff like that. And we'll be discussing all those details. We'll hash them out, you know, write them down and say them in a tidbit episode here on this podcast feed, wherever you're listening to this on. So we'll be discussing that then and there. Uh, I think that's basically it for our first episode of 2019. Uh, Again, Happy New Year. And I hope you guys have a good year. hope you guys had a good last year and some good holidays. Uh, unless you have anything else to mention, Mike, I think I'm going to run the old conclusion here.
1: Yeah. Just happy new year, everyone. Uh can't wait to get uh, some more episodes out for you and some more content out and can't wait to talk to some of you soon. Sounds good. Yeah. So actually that is one thing I did want to mention before
0: I do. The conclusion is that the whole community aspect that we're trying to build, that is going to be a big part of 2019. And we'll be announcing that on social media and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you keep your eyes locked to those things because we will be talking about it. And, of course, on this show as well, we'll be announcing most, of most, if not all, of our stuff there as well. And make sure you check out my CSS Grid Guide, Getting Started with CSS Grid. It's available on Medium and on htmlallthethings.com. Anyway, so in conclusion, thanks for listening. And make sure you do not miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the social medias uh, via at html all the things that's on facebook and instagram as well as at html everything on twitter we're on medium we're on github we're on our own website html all the if you like the show and you want to support us make sure you check out that patreon page patreon.com slash all the things check out the tiers give that a go and we are signing off Bye.